giving her kisses on the cheek. Um, giving hugs. Um, giving hugs to me. Taking me to school. I like giving my mom kisses. She says, no, does, don't do that to your little sister. I go pick up your room. Do your silverware. Sixty-two. I don't know how old my mom is. How old do you think? Um, seventy-one. Giving her flowers. Playing when I snuggle with her. Cleaning up the, the guest bedroom and my bathroom and my playroom. Cannot um, do the right thing. I just did this and cut my hair. Uh-oh. That made mom angry. Yeah. You don't do that. I got grounded from scissors. Not, not cleaning up your room in the scissors. My mom's favorite thing is buying things at the store. Today, before we went to church, we actually, she actually went to the store. And she got popcorn in a box that goes with popcorn. And I'm going to eat it tonight. She talks me in. Clean my kitchen. My mom, at night, she tucks me in. And she reads God bless you and goodnight. Makes me breakfast in the morning. thank those uh, four children and the brave mothers that allowed them to be asked these questions. Um, I, I know the moms. I had, a couple of you, I had no idea how old you are. But, so thank you for letting us gain more information about you. We have a, have a lot of mothers in the room today. We're so glad to have you here. We know that, that being a mother is one of the most important jobs on the planet. You know, it's one of the most challenging jobs often the, one of the most underappreciated jobs. And so we want to encourage you today. I want to honor you um, and want to build you up today. Um, having said that, probably over half of you in the room are not mothers. And so we have hopes for you as well. And that would be that, that as we talk about moms today, that you would be thinking about the mother or mothers in your life and your world and be growing in appreciation and gratitude and love for them. And so that's part of our hope for the day. Uh, fortunately, today, we also wanted to share wisdom with moms. And so uh, I am down to asking five questions and having four experts answer those five questions. And so we are blessed to have four great moms up here to, to talk today. Uh, so let me introduce them to you. Maya Timms has five grown children. Yeah. Uh, three of them she birthed, as she says, a mm-hmm. uh, blended family. So three she birthed, five grown children. Ginger Boone has four grown children. 
Taylor McCombs has three children under the age of 10. And Cherie Click has one young adult daughter. So, uh, so this is our, our group for the morning. And uh, so we started, and this is just going to be a conversation on stage among us. And you guys are invited to listen in. So we started this process together maybe three weeks ago or so. And we had about 10 questions we, we worked out. And we boiled it down to about half of those. And I want to start with, with this one of those five or six questions. Um, what is the greatest challenge you've experienced as being a mom? The greatest challenge for me um, would be to watch your child struggle, whether that be in um, relationships, um, education, or just choices in general. And as a parent, we want to fix that. And so that's really hard to sit back and watch. But um, I think that's uh, where the trust in God has a big part in my life that I have to let that go mm-hmm. and let him take control. Mm, and, and I still struggle with it. But mm, That's good. <laughs> yeah. um, I was a young mom at 17 with a special needs child. Didn't have the best role model to follow. And so... Um, the biggest challenge was just to how to be a mom. There are no manuals for every season or every situation in life. And as a, uh, as a divorced mom in a blended family, it was very, very hard to balance giving them too much or making up for not having that nuclear family or making up for the things that I couldn't provide. So it was the challenge to balance out giving them everything that I could give them or what they want and actually giving them what mm. they need. Mm. Mm. That's profound, yeah, yeah. Surrendering them completely to God, I think is, is one of my biggest challenges that I faced. Um, when our middle son was 18 months old, he had what was called a complex febrile seizure which means his seizure lasted about 45 minutes. Um, This left him intubated and uh, medically sedated for two days. Um, And during this time, my husband and I, of course, didn't really sleep much. We were were up at his bedside as much as we could, but one night my husband was like, hey, I just gotta leave this room for a second. I need to stretch my legs and stuff. Well, he ended up locked in a stairwell at Texas Children's Hospital. And when he called me, I said, a woman would just call the front desk. (laughs) But I got up, and uh, I walked out of the room. And as I started walking out, there's multiple doors you go through. And as I walked out the last set of doors, I remember pushing it, and an alarm sounded. And I was like, oh, I didn't break it. Um, But that alarm means that there's an emergency, and the doors would lock right behind me, um, meaning that I could not get back in until that surgery was complete. So um, that was about a four-hour surgery, and I had just told God a few weeks before. I remember telling him, okay, I trust you with everything. I love you. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to lay it all down at your feet. And in that moment, he said, okay, do you really mean it? Do you really mean even if your son steps into eternity right now that you're willing to trust me? And I had to tell him yes because I didn't have any control in that moment. Luckily, Camden is totally fine. He's um, six years old, no brain damage, no nothing. If you see him, he will probably be running down the hall screaming. During sound check before first service, he did a marathon. He ran through every aisle that's out here. So he got healthy again. Yes, yes. 
but time and time again, I've had to remind myself as they grow and as they get older to just let them go. I go back to that moment of, do you really mm-hmm. trust me? Full trust Full in trust. everything, yeah, no matter what. No matter wow. what. Yeah. Well, my childhood dream was to be a wife and a mother, and I thought for sure I'd have six boys, and <laughs> that didn't happen, thank goodness. <laughs> but, but when I did become a mother... Um, I was so excited. I was pumped. I was now on the mission uh, that I dreamed of. And I was going to be the best mother, raise the best children, and have the perfect family. I had no idea how clueless and goofy and self-centered I was. (laughs) So really, for me, bottom line, at the beginning of motherhood, uh, my biggest challenge was myself. It was all about me and what I was going to do with these four little people. Um, And it wasn't until I truly began to follow Jesus that it became less about what I could do and more and more about what God will do if I Mm -hmm. just follow and obey Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Big challenge, but big learning Mm -hmm. as well for you. I know this is true of the four of you because of the conversations we've had, but I... I expect it's true of every mom on the planet. For the four of you, becoming a mother has changed you. God's worked in that to to change your life. How has that been so for each one of you? I know God's changed me. Um, When our daughter was born, we weren't going to church. And so we we knew we wanted to raise her um, going to church. And so we made that decision as a family. And so... As my walk with Jesus began to grow, um, there were some changes within me that I felt. Um, I became less self-absorbed, and uh, my needs changed to others instead of myself. And um, it just made me a better mother, a better wife. And um, the saying, Jesus changes everything, is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. All of this been in my life. Just because you became a mom, right. all of this unfolded. Yep. Yeah. I would say um, becoming a mother changed me literally the moment it happened. Um, Whenever I went into labor, I ended up having an emergency C-section with my first son. And um, in the moments before he was born, I don't know if I really couldn't breathe or if I just thought I couldn't, but I I thought I was going to die. I thought this is it. and it made it very real to me that there's a distinct beginning of life, which I just experienced in seeing him be born. But then there could be a distinct end right now for me. And I didn't know. I remember just shaking my head at the anesthesiologist and saying, I can't breathe and thinking, I don't know where I'm going. And um, thinking that really stirred something in me. And I had been raised to where, you know, Jesus was talked about, especially, you know, with my grandparents and things like that, but um, I just didn't know him, so a few months later, I decided to call my grandfather, and I said, hey, this, this Jesus, you know, that you've always talked about and stuff, how do I, how do I get to know him? What does that look like? And um, he said, read John, and then call me back and tell me what you find out, (laughs) (laughs) and so I did, and um, 
that really started a journey of searching and, and led me eventually to surrender my life. Mm, so. Changed everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I know um, <clears throat> when I had my kids, God entrusted me with them, their lives. And I know, and as most parents here know, that God gave you that specific child, those children. And it took me a while, but he also gave those children this specific mother. And I wanted to be better for them. I wanted to be on the path that God intended me to be. Having a child at 17, y'all can pretty much assume I wasn't on the right path. I was doing things I shouldn't have, but this, God knew that giving me this child was the only way, giving me these children was the only way I could truly understand his love for me, because we know as parents that we would do anything for our children. We would die for them, and that is what Jesus did for us. And if I didn't have that love as a parent, I really don't think I would be able to truly comprehend God's love and Christ's mm -hmm. sacrifice for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> he, it, there was a lot of change in me through motherhood. Uh, you heard how I started out, the queen mother of the world. <laughs> um, but literally, God um, brought me to my knees and taught me to pray without ceasing. It, early on, by the time they're two, you know you have no control. <laughs> and and uh, he has drawn me increasingly to follow Jesus. Um, he emphatically, but very gently, shifted me from my mindset that these children are mine to these children belong to him. And he's just entrusted them to Bob and me for the sole purpose of leading them to faith in Jesus. Mm. And really, the, the change in that mindset for me is that I'm not in control, really, um, was so freeing. Mm. I didn't even realize how that the burden was heavy mm. until um, uh, I could parent knowing that as I followed Christ, mm -hmm. um, I would be leading them on the best path. Mm -hmm. And um, the rest was up, mm -hmm. was up to God. And he would do the heavy lifting of it, right. what you could not do right. as well. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, good. Besides there being so much uh, challenge and so much change from being a mom, uh, there can be joy too, I know. So um, when was the time you've experienced joy? Maybe some of the greatest joy that you have as, as a mother. There are the joy that I've experienced is just the unconditional love between a mother and a child. Mm -hmm. um, something I've never experienced before. And um, it's just an everlasting bond that's just so sweet and gentle and pure. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, you know, a lot of us have experienced watching our children do things that make us happy. But I think my joy is just watching her love on others because she does that really well. Mm, that's good. It's mm. good. Yeah. The, I've, I've had, um, I realized that my happiness and joy cannot just solely rely on how well my kids are behaving or not behaving, what they do or don't do. It can't 
rely on that, and especially in, in human relationships. But, but being a mother and seeing your children go from a Christ believer, because we know a lot of Christ believers, but becoming a Christ follower, mm -hmm. two of our five kids have gone to Catalyst and seeing that transformation in them, um, having a peace in them that they didn't before, and they are going to struggle. They're going to have struggles in life, and they're going to they're they're going to stumble, but they get up so much quicker, and they they have that peace in them once they have become followers of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's been the greatest joy. Mm, that's good. I think when we see it modeled, um, when we actually see our kids pick up what we're putting down, it, um, it makes a big difference. A few weeks ago, when my, our kids were young, I was staying at home and I had a lot of time to really invest and you know say, hey, let's, let's pray, let's do this and model those things for them. But as life's gotten crazy, we haven't done it as much. And uh, a few weeks ago, our son, out of nowhere, we see this ambulance like whizzing by and he goes, mom, can we pray for them right now? And I was like, yes, yes, we can. And seeing things like that, and like our daughter, she, um, she started reciting scripture out of nowhere the other day. And by no means am I perfect or like, hey, like, going to quiz them on this. But out of nowhere, a three-year-old, for her to start reciting scripture, it's mm -hmm. crazy. It gives a huge testament to our children's ministry. And then, you know, just seeing them as we read together and we do learn, um, search, and get to know God, that's mm -hmm. my greatest joy because there's a lot of things that I mess up. But if I could get that one mm -hmm. thing right, I mean, I feel like it's, it's good. What a difference that they're getting that now at such a young age. Even your three-year-old now, mm -hmm. quoting scriptures, is such a head start for them. Mm. Well, um, during uh, the teenage years, our kids were all close together, so they were all kind of teenagers at the same time. We experienced a family crisis that was the worst and the best thing that happened in our family. Um, it was, and it was at this time that my life verse, that I didn't have one before, but it, I've got one, for parenting <laughs> became 3 John 4. And it's, uh, it says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And um, so through that, that crisis, Bob and I became laser focused on the one thing that mattered. And that was doing everything we could to lead them to the truth of Christ. All, everything else, their grades, their achievements, um, all those things would just be the byproducts of a life following Jesus and so um, by God's grace um, we've watched our adult children all lead Christ-centered lives and um, the three that are married are do it, leading their own little ones to, mm. to Christ so day by day mm, that's good. so that there's not much better mm -hmm. joy than Deep that joy yeah. than that yeah. I know that every household is unique and every uh, mother-child relationship is unique, but, but I want to ask each of you an independent question because I know that you have some experiences that are different than the others that at this little circle, this little half circle that we have right here. So, Maya, let me start with you. Knowing that, that you're a mother of a blended family, what have you, what wisdom have you learned and gained and perceived from, from that environment of the blended family? 
there's going to be struggles whether you're in a blended family or a nuclear family or a single parent family. There's just going to be struggles no matter how hard you try not to have them. If God is not the center of your life and of your family, there's going to be even more struggle. There's going to be deeper valleys and darker times. And so that comes into play because a lot of situations will come up when you have two females in these child's lives that have two different points of view on how to live life. And there's personalities that you may not have really wanted in your life, but now they are. And how to respond to a child that may be acting out that you're not their mother or their father, um, whether they say it or don't say it, it's, it's going to be there. And going to the Word, praying on how you're going to respond, because how you respond is going to affect them for that minute or a lifetime. And by no means that I always go to the Word. I, there's, there's a lot of things that I do uh, regret doing or not doing, but that's because I didn't go to the Word. And now you have to really think, what would Jesus do? in that situation and what you do and what you say has to be reflective of his love compassion and grace mm -hmm. because in my mistakes and how i've responded he's shown that to me mm -hmm. and i have to see that child mm -hmm. um that's a child of christ i have to see that ex as a child of christ mm -hmm. i have to see that other mother as a child of christ and i have to respond reflective of Christ and not my own human feelings. Mm, mm, that is great wisdom. Mm. Yeah. Ginger, what I'd like to ask you is, as a um, mother of four grown children, what wisdom have you learned about, about being the parent now that they're adults? Well, we're almost to that point where they're going to parent me. You know, that does come around. It does, <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I have one that tries. But <laughs> so, actually, I have uh, a word for this, and the word is PEARL. There, oh, this is an acronym. I've decided she's preaching next week. She's got this teaching stuff down. So this is an acronym. Write this one down, by the way. This is good. Yeah, I, I learned this from preachers. Yeah. <laughs> or you have three steps. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of more steps than three to being a mom. Anyway, so the word is pearl, and the P is uh, for pray. Pray without ceasing for every area of their lives. E is encourage and affirm them every time it's possible. And A is advise them but only when they ask for it. Otherwise, zip it. <laughs> <laughs> and R is release them. Just let them go. Let them fly. Maya referred to her, some of her grown children that are still stumbling and making mistakes. We all do. And we need to back off and let them figure it out unless they call us. <laughs> and then... Um, the last one is L, and that is just a no-brainer. Just love them, love them unconditionally. That is gold for parents of grown children. In fact, I, I'm curious, I don't want to show hands, but I'm curious how many uh, grown children were nudging the parent beside you, saying, <laughs> take some notes, uh, Mom, or even Dad, take some notes on the wisdom. Thank you, Ginger, for that. Taylor, I'd like to ask you, because you had a, a season of being a single mom, Ask you what you learned from that season and wisdom you have from that season. 
It was a, a fairly short season being raised by a single mom um, and seeing her struggle. It, it feels like it pales in comparison, but um, I dealt a lot with um, shame because I became pregnant at 19 and I distinctly remember like going just shopping or whatever and I would see women and they would look at my stomach and then they would look at my hand and then they would look at me with this look of disappointment or disgust and it was it was really hard um really hard but it made me really not want to come here it made me think if I step foot in a church they are going to destroy me. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily I decided to anyway. <laughs> um, and if you try to hide here, the welcomers will find you. If they don't, the check-in people <laughs> at the children's ministry will. Um, and they did. And I felt such grace. And um, I just felt loved. I felt like my son was cared for. And it, it gave me a place to feel like no matter what my choices had been or, or where we were going, he would have a present father to take care of him. Mm. And that was mm. just great knowing that he would know that. Mm, that's good. good. Sri, you are a mother who has adopted. So my question is, what have you learned from that experience that's given you wisdom and insight? Well, the adoption process in itself is a journey. It's a challenge. Um, and we have um, several stories but I'm not going to share them today because that would be a whole nother message. <laughs> um, but um, just sometimes, um, you know, when we started out as an early family, young family, just going out in public, sometimes the answer questions from strangers is, mm-hmm. why does your child look like that? Or, you know, just different questions. And it was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard to um, deal with those things. But looking back at it now through the entire process, I know without a doubt that God was in it. His hand was, I mean, guiding us along the way. And um, every struggle and every pain that you go through, there's always a lesson. And um, you realize that afterwards. Mm -hmm. And um, for us, I know that that was the lesson that we learned, that God is with you throughout Mm -hmm. each and every Mm -hmm pain, struggle that you go through. Yes. Um, and that um, if there's anyone that is considering adoption or is going through that, just cling to hope um, and just don't give up. Keep pursuing um, and that God is so, so faithful. Mm, it's good. That. Persevere in, mm-hmm. in the pursuit. It's good. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. My final question is, if we had another four women to complete the circle, what advice would you have for those four women about being a mother, being a mom? Be an example. Live, live an example of the life that you want your kids to emulate. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking of, okay, tell these moms what they should do. And I was thinking, well, maybe I should tell them what not to do. (laughs) And some of these things that I've learned is not because I did them well by any means. I'm still learning. I'm still still learning. I'm still uh, on a journey. And I hope my kids have seen that I am on this journey. And I want to be on the path that God intended me to be. And Jesus is the light to my feet on this path. 
pray with them, pray with them out loud, pray with them in restaurants, be transparent that you are fallible. You will fail them as parents. I have failed my kids over and over and over again. And that I've been humble enough to say, I am not perfect and I'm still learning and I'm still growing. And I want them to see that so they can know that no matter how much I fail as a mother and as a human being, that God loves me unconditionally and that he will never fail them to rely on him. He is the ultimate parent and to let them know that our Heavenly Father loves them unconditionally and to fill that God hole in their heart because if we don't teach them that, this world has so many things to fill that void. So let them see the path that you're on and, and that you're growing and that we're not perfect, but God is, and to rely on him as the ultimate parent. Mm, that's good. That's good. I think that's um, really good what you just said. And as, um, as moms, we, um, we put so much pressure on ourselves and we need to allow ourselves to receive grace when we fall short. Um, I think for me, grace is forgiving myself mm -hmm. when I don't meet my own expectations. And so grace really is simply that you are enough. Mm, it's good. Good. That's important to hear that today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And to kind of piggyback off what Cherie said, I think, um, I think a lot of moms, I think we struggle with the fact, you know, that we aren't enough, but we serve a God who is. And that's so, so important to remember. And I, I think, especially as a mom of young children, I can say one of the, the hardest challenges is as you mess up, especially, um, you know, because you're learning, don't isolate. Don't, don't feel like because you're not enough, you can't go out or you can't take them out because they may scream or whatever you're afraid of don't they will scream um don't isolate and and just cling to the cross that perfection will be there it'll be in your ear the enemy likes it he likes to use it but just cling to the cross and know that mm. that god's got you that's good that's good yeah. well as we've spent time together getting ready for this morning and everything th this there's a common theme here going through that we moms uh, often um, experience those feelings of failure, maybe on a daily basis. And we uh, tend to, even, even if we're around people, we tend to feel that isolation, that we're the only ones that don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, of just not measuring up. Um, and looking back on those years in my own life, um, I, I totally remember that. I identify with all of those feelings. But um, one thing that was a gift to me, uh, and I can only credit God with, with this, was a group of friends, other young moms. Uh, we had kids the same age, and we met once a week um, to pray. And we had, our kids were there, and while they did whatever... <laughs> free-range children do. They did. <laughs> but um, we prayed, and we prayed for um, uh, our children. We prayed for our spouses. We prayed for the 
teachers and the coaches and the friends they would have. Uh, we prayed for them to come to know and follow Jesus at an early age. And this weekly dose of um, intentional prayer was like balm for our souls. It was just life. And um, I, don't, I really don't know how I would have done without it. Mm -hmm. So it was a real gift to me. And um, uh, it's been 35 years about since that started. And we still pray together every week for our grown children, our grandchildren, their job, you know, the same same stuff. It's like a broken record. <laughs> God doesn't get tired of it. So I would just say to all the moms in the room, whatever your age, is if you don't have a group like that that you can be real with and share your struggles, invite somebody and just do whatever it takes. We're not meant to do this mm -hmm. in isolation. We need each other. I thought of the impact of... Uh of you and these friends praying for 35 years for your children and their children and now grandchildren. And, and, and knowing your children, I'm sure that was a big part of why they are who they are. And well, likely for the, other, the others as well. But <laughs> yeah. the fact that you had that and you had friends to do it with and to help shape you as a mom mm -hmm. in the process and you shape them as well. So that, that's really... And, and I also found myself thinking it's, it's never too late. That's as right. you said, whatever age a mom is at, it's not too late to find that. And, and to find people that would be like-minded and could pray as well. Mm -hmm. When we were shaping the hour, um, we were wanting to shape it around, really around mothers, for the, the, the spotlight on mothers. And there was a part of me on the inside that was thinking we, we never make church about someone or about a group of people. Mm -hmm. At the core, it's always about God. At the core, it's always about Christ. And, and I, never, I never asked any of you to say anything about God or Jesus. We just had questions. And the core of what the four of you have said has all come back to him, uh, him being the key of who you could be as a mother and the key of, of who you hope and long for your child or children to become and all. And so I I've, was thinking first service, I'm thinking this service as well, that, that there are a number of people in the room that they, they're the same place mm -hmm. and they're resonating with that and, and they're... It, they're being encouraged and inspired. But I also found myself thinking then and now that there, I'm sure there are a number of people in the room, a number of moms in the room that came hoping there'd be some real practical advice about this circumstance or that circumstance or how to, and great questions. How do I, how do I help mold my child in this area? And, and they may just be disappointed they did not get that. And, and I would say to them, if, if the part about Jesus being the core of this doesn't make sense, I would say, come back. Just come back. Keep coming back. Put yourself where Taylor was back several years back when she said, this Jesus guy, I, I want to find out what I can about this Jesus guy. And I would encourage you to come back and ask questions and, and pursue and everything because, because he is the one that made your children. He's the one that made you. And you and they will find life, true life, only in him. And so if you're here then and you, you've been sitting here thinking, but my questions haven't been answered, I hope you can leave at least with a glimmer of hope that maybe there's something bigger than the answer to the college question or the behavior question or whatever it may be. There's something much, much bigger than that. Um, I, I've talked way too much. This wasn't scheduled or planned, but uh, 
I've got just enough sense in me to know I cannot have the last word on Mother's Day. So uh, Ginger wrote something back early on, and she didn't know if I would ask her to share it or not. But I want to ask her to share this because this is, this is the bigger picture uh, to, to moms in the room, to women in the room. This is the bigger picture. Would you mind? No, not at all. And I will read it. Perfect. I won't go off the reservation. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, so this advice really is for all the women in the room and not just mothers. The word mother is both a noun and a verb. And mothering is not just a calling for women who have biological or adopted children in their homes. I think as women, we all share um, to some degree this thing called maternal instinct. It's a bent toward or a a desire to nurture others. And Jesus has called every Christian woman to what I call spiritual mothering. It's to nurture and disciple, to serve and care for other women who are suffering, who are struggling with something, who need encouragement, just a listening ear, who are new to the neighborhood or new to the church or whatever, on and on. And it's all for the purpose of growing the kingdom of God one person at a time. So to all the ladies in the room, happy Mothering Day. Go for it. Amen. Yeah. The many, many thanks to the four of you for sharing your lives and sharing your lives on stage. Could we thank them and very, very much. Yeah. Thank you. How cool. How very cool. Thank you. Four of you. Um that's a perfect uh, step toward prayer and, and heading out into the rest of this Mother's Day. So let me pray for us. Father, I thank you so much for this day, for this hour that we've had. Thank you especially for these uh, four mothers that have opened up their lives and shared their lives to the benefit of all of us. And thank you, too, for the mothers that are in the room or that will be listening to this. I thank you for all of the women in this room all the the men, all the children in this room. And my prayer, Father, is that each one has heard something from you, something of significance, something of importance to you this hour. And then, Father, as we go out into the day, especially for moms, may they feel your smile. Um, May they feel um, your encouragement. May they feel honored by you and by your church, Father. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.